Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Revival Center Podcast. As always, we are just so glad that you are here spending some time with us today. Um, We are continuing with our Meet the Staff podcast. This is actually our final episode. Um, So if you have been here for every episode, I commend you. We are just so thankful um, that you wanted to spend some time getting to know each and every person and the people who you see on Sundays, people who are behind the scenes. It's just been a wonderful time. And so we are having our last podcast here on our Revival Talk series. And uh, if it is your first time and you haven't already, we would love it if you uh, would subscribe to our podcast. And uh, if you enjoy it, share it with someone, share it with a friend. Uh, You can share it on Facebook, share it wherever, uh, because the best way that we can grow as a community is through you, is through you sharing through word of mouth. And so we appreciate every single person who is subscribed and who uh, follows along. And so like I said, we are here on our final episode of the Meet the Staff podcast. And today we have Isabella with us. And so uh, it's just an exciting time. And so Isabella, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the podcast? Tell us a little bit about what you do as we, we dive in and get to know you. Yeah, so I'm Isabella Waldrop. I work with Pastor Tabitha on Sundays. I am her assistant, so I do all the things that she needs me to do and just help her keep things going on Sundays and Wednesdays. Yes, and we love Isabella. We thank you so much for everything that you do do, and and thank you for being on the podcast. And, um, you know, again, I've I've shared this many times as we have had different staff members come in, and then the the assistants to the senior staff is what we call them, um, that there's a lot of people who sacrifice so much into the kingdom of God to make this church functional, to work. And uh, you're no exception to that rule. Um, uh, You and and Tabitha do a great job in our children's ministry. Um, So we're very thankful for you. Um, So this is about getting to know you. So let's get to know Isabella. Um, Tell us, where did you grow up? How how did you, um, where are you from? Let's start there. So long story. I was born in Alabama, Mm -hmm. but my dad worked construction. So we ended up like traveling every couple of months because wherever his job would like finish in one place, he would have to go to the next one. I see. So I grew up like all throughout the southeastern United States from Texas up to North Carolina. Really? All of those. That's a very interesting story. So when you say like, then where do you, where's home? Well, Alabama has always been home base because okay. this is where our house is. This is where our home is. But home is where the heart is, <laughs> as cheesy <laughs> as that is. Wherever our yeah. family was, was where we were at home. Okay. And so how long in, in your childhood did that happen? So it was from the time I was born until I was like 16, 17 wow. or 15, 16, somewhere around there. That, that is amazing. So I guess you were homeschooled? Yeah, we were homeschooled unless we were in a place where we stayed longer than a year. Mm-hmm. So I was homeschooled until sixth grade. And then we actually moved back to Alabama for a couple of years. So I went to Coosa Valley Academy down in Harpersville oh, yeah, for see, yeah. two years. And then after that, we moved to North Carolina for longer than a year. So I went to a school there. But after that, then we were homeschooled until I graduated. 
That, that is amazing. Um, and you have brothers and sisters? Yes. I have a little sister who is about to turn six in a couple of days. I have a twin brother and an older sister. Yes, yes. And so all of you guys were traveling around? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we just loaded up and we went everywhere. <laughs> us, the whole Waldrip family, we went everywhere. And we had two dogs with us. It was just us and a camper. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I, I'm sure you probably have a story or two. Uh, from all of your experiences, do you have any that comes to mind? Oh, goodness. There's too many. <laughs> There's too many. I just remember just us being crazy. There's a story of when we lived in Florida for a little bit, like mm -hmm. down near the beach. We were only like 30 minutes from the beach. And this is me being stupid. But I think we were like 14 at the time. And me and my brother were riding our bikes around and riding scooters around our little campground. My mom had told me not to ride too fast on the scooter. And she told my brother that we needed to come inside. And me being the rebellious kid that I was, I decided that I was going to ride super fast around the corner. And uh, I ended up falling off and breaking my arm while oh. we were at the beach. Oh my so God. the whole time we were at Ruskin, Florida, I couldn't go to the beach. Couldn't go to the pool. We were only there for like three months, so I didn't get to enjoy any of it. Oh, my <laughs> man. So listen to your parents listen or you don't to get to enjoy it. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> um, and so obviously, um, I, you know, I know your, your family, you know, godly people. They love the Lord. Um, so when you were traveling around like that, where, how, like, how were you able to get connected into church or, or the spiritual growth? I mean... That had to have been difficult. It was very difficult. A lot of it was you had to do it yourself, kind of. Because wherever we would go, we would search for a church, but we wouldn't be there long enough for to get really plugged in. Right. Because yeah. we were only there for like two or three months. So a lot of it was like taking it upon yourself to read your Bible and to get with Jesus. But there were places where we did stay long enough to get connected to a church like several Church of God, several Assembly of Gods. And I am still in contact with a lot of people that I used to okay. go to church with. But it just, you're not there for long enough to make many connections. Like, I've lived everywhere. <laughs> and I cannot, I don't have connections with everybody. You know what I mean? I still don't talk to some of the people, people I went to school with. Like, it just, it kind of fell upon ourselves and our family to do it together. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of a, a unique experience, you know, me personally, I grew up in, you know, the same hometown, but it was a military town, so I had friends whose parents were in the military. Now, they weren't quite as quick in like the month side, but they would, you know, be a place a year and move and move, you know, and they, they had that same, you know, feel, and so um, I don't personally know how that feels, but I have some friends who had lived all over, and there, I had some that moved, and then they left and then they came back and, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a really, you know, interesting thing. And, you know, but when you, when you say like, you know, the, a lot of it was, you know, personal growth and, you know, the family coming together and things like that, you know, that's a unique experience. So how, you know, how, what, what was your salvation experience? You know, was that in a church? Was that with the family? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I was raised up in a church you could say but like church was where we were <laughs> mm -hmm. but so I've been raised up around like I knew who Jesus was I knew that my family loved him and we went to church and all the things but I didn't get saved until I was 14 
And it was actually at a Church of God camp, not far from where we go to camp here with the Assembly of God. It's called Camp Utopia, I think it was called. It's only like 30 minutes from Springville Camp and Conference Center. And I went to camp there with our old church that we used to go to in Silicaga. And one of the, I think it was Wednesday night, one of the night services, I just knew it was time for me to take it upon myself. I'm not going to like live off of my mom's salvation. Like I'm going to decide now that I'm going to live for Jesus because it's what I choose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I also, that was the same night, I also got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Wow. So. Wow. So yeah, that's a, that's a Mm -hmm. amazing night. And I know a lot of people, you know, when you do grow up in a church environment, they do have that moment Mm -hmm. when they say, you know, do, do I believe this for myself? You know, do I believe this? And so that's a, you know, that's a great, you know, testimony for people who have that feeling of, is this my parents' faith or is this mine, you know? Um, and so, and soon after that, or very close, you felt called into ministry. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, that time and, and feeling called. So actually, I was called well before I got saved. Oh, I was called okay. when I was like five. And that sounds crazy, but I remember it and like, it's, it's a story. So we were living in El Paso, Texas at the time. And I was like five. My mom was cleaning apartments for a living, and we were staying there. We were there for quite a while. This was one of the places that we were there for a bit. And so the whole story of how I got called was I was five. I was little. I was a kid. Like, I have a little sister that's five right now, and I can't even imagine. Like, But my dad was sitting at our kitchen table, and he was, like, shredding junk mail because that's what we do as adults. <laughs> and me being the five-year-old kid saw a pile of junk mail on the floor, and I was like, cool, I'm going to make a game out of this, and I'm going to see how many pieces of paper I can get to like fit together and make, like, put together what he had shredded up. So one of the things that I found, like I found like several pieces of paper that all fit together, and I was so proud of myself. And I couldn't read at the time, but I asked my mama to read it for me, and it was actually a missionary letter like, what do you call it, like a newsletter from a missionary. And on the bottom of it, it said in big letters, missions in East Africa, which is where I'm called. But at that moment, I just knew that the Lord like spoke into my spirit, hey, you're going to go there one day and you're going to be a missionary. And I've just held on to that since I was little. And I remember it very vividly. And I know that that was what God wants me to do with my life. And yeah, I've had ups and downs through the years. Like, going and I wanted to be a baker for a little bit or I wanted to rebel and I wanted to go be a florist but like I always came back to this this is where it felt right mm-hmm. yeah and and I know when you know being called young um, I was not called that young but uh, you know there's a this time of I, I think there's like a temptation or this feeling of well did I, did I really feel that or then you say well okay God I know you said this, so I'm going to do this, which is kind of similar. You know, we, we try to kind of make our own little tweaks, and God's just like, no, no. Um, and so that's, you know, that, that's, that's great. And, and so, you know, expound on that. Like you said, East Africa, um, you know, you, you feel called to that. And, and so what type of ministry are, are you thinking? I mean, I know that's like a, such a broad question. Um, you know, it's like, tell us our, you know, your, your city and uh, what street, you know, you know, obviously uh, there's so much that 
is, you know, the Lord will reveal, but uh, tell us a little bit about how, what your heart is, you know, for East Africa and what you do. So I've spent the past couple of years at VRC trying to figure that out because <laughs> I did not know. I just knew I was supposed to go, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do, like missions wise. So I finally am in kids ministry, and I think this is where I fit. I'm pretty positive I'm called to missions in kids ministry in some way. I don't know what fashion. I don't know what that's going to look like when I get there. But I love kids ministry. This is where my heart is, and that's just where I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, and in, in, in every country, but I know especially in, in East Africa, I mean, children's ministry is so important. Um, and so that's, that's great. And I know you have had some missions trip experience as well in the past. And of course, a lot of times in missions trip, there is a little bit of kids ministry involved. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I actually went to Ecuador on my first mission trip last year with VRC. And I didn't think it was going to impact me as much as it did because we did VBS down there with all the kids and just seeing all the kids and getting to be hands-on and like helping the missionaries down there. It really, really touched me, and it uh, it made me want to get out there quicker. <laughs> but I love it. I love it so much. And I had the unique opportunity to go back six months later to go to Ecuador and serve with another mission team from Kentucky. And um, we this time we specifically were focused on the girls at the Hope House, which is like the girls' home down there in Ecuador. And we just spent the week pouring into these girls, throwing like a princess party or whatever, and just getting to connect with them and seeing just how ministry works a little more personal. Mm -hmm. It just, I love it. Like, that's where my heart is, and I love it. And I come back with the, a different outlook on kids' ministry. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It just makes me see ministry here in a different way. And I want to plug something right here, um, just from a church standpoint here at the Revival Center, for those that are listening who may not be aware of, of what our calling is. Our calling here at this church is exactly what you're hearing right now, what happened with Isabella on her first missions trip. Um, I am not called to be a missionary, okay? I'm called to be a pastor, however, to pastor a certain kind of church. And that kind of church is to among other things, is to put in connection people who are called to the mission field in the same um, room with missionaries and introduce the local church to the mission field, if that makes sense. And so one of the highlights on that mission trip that Isabella just talked about, the first one to Ecuador, was whenever I had the privilege of saying, Joel Marbert, I want to introduce you to Isabella. Isabella, Joel, Joel, Isabella. And I don't know if you remember what I said at that time, but I said, my job here is done. You know, and I said that in a joking way. It's not done. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to get into the Berean in a second and all that kind of stuff. But my, the point is made that I had such fulfillment. And it's such a small thing. And, and, you know, people may not understand it, but I had such fulfillment in seeing you on the, on the field able to shake hands with somebody, you know, that's a missionary and to make that connection, you know, I just was overjoyed by that. Yeah. And I mean, it's so important because like you said, you know, earlier, you're like, you want to be there and go there now. But 
it's not always that simple, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's a, a process. There are people you have to know. You have to learn things and, and so many things. And that's the... That's what the local church does. That's that's a healthy relationship with the local church. And so, like you said, you've been you know working in kids ministry, learning things like that. And like Pastor Jason mentioned, you are doing your Berean. So tell us a little bit about you know that what you're what you're working towards. Yeah, I'm on book six of my Berean right now, and it's been a long road, <laughs> lots of ups, lots of downs, lots of setbacks. But I'm still going. We're we're getting there. It's been challenging, but I love it, and. Just being at this church for as long as I have, I've been in several different ministries trying to figure stuff out, and God is really using all of those things to show me how ministry is, and like showing me how difficult it is, and how much I actually need to know to run a ministry, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm getting there, and I've grown so much over the past couple years, but I am definitely not ready yet. (laughs) But I'm getting there. Well, and, and that kind of speaks to, to where you're at right now. Um, would you say that you have felt stretched? Oh, definitely. <laughs> In a good way? In a good way. But, but it is difficult. It is very difficult. Yeah. And, and I think um, one of the things that people has in ministry is a they romanticize, they fantasize about ministry or about missions or being a pastor or whatever, where um, I'm going to go to... East Africa or the jungles of Ecuador, and I'm going to win people for Jesus, you know. But if you're not 100% sold out to that concept, it ain't going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And how do you create that? You create it by working here because you'll feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what are you doing right now then? You're on your Berean, six, uh, six books in. You still got about four books left. Mm-hmm. Berean, for those that don't know, um, is through Global University. It's how, in our fellowship, someone receives um, their training, uh, education to become a minister. Uh, and Isabella is doing a good job on that. So what are what's your current role with uh, Pastor Tabitha right now? So <clears throat> I help, like, schedule the people that are supposed to serve with Miss Tabitha, like, for the teachers and, like, who's supposed to usher kids around. And I help set up the classrooms. I help just, I'm like crowd control for a lot of the kids, kind of getting kids where they need to go. I just help her with all of the things to run the ministry behind the scenes. And I fill in where needed. If she's not going to be there, I fill in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fun. But yeah, no, I just do whatever she needs me to do at the moment. And with kids ministry, it's always changing. You could be spray painting chairs one week. You could be like making a hundred snacks for the week like it's constantly changing but I don't know and Berean is definitely preparing me a lot to go to the mission field like it's teaching me a lot and like putting it with my ministry I don't know it just all goes together (laughs) and in the age of coronavirus yeah you may find a phone call on Saturday night because Miss Tabitha has been exposed potentially and she can't come. And so guess who has to step in? Yep. That was a Sunday morning and it's already happened. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think you did good. But again, it's those moments, um, what I call baptism by fire, (laughs) where uh, you sink or you swim, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is part of the training as well. And uh, so we're, we're very excited and, 
and uh, what God's doing in your life. Well, thank you, Isabella, for uh, sharing a little bit of your heart and a little bit of your vision um, and also what you're doing right now. We're very excited uh, for what God's going to do in your life. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Devin. Yeah, and uh, really quickly before, you know, before we finish, um, you know, you're in a position that is not only unique to you. Um, there are many people who are listening to this who have a calling that it um, it might feel maybe a little like I don't know it's like it's there but you can't really touch it you know what I mean it's it, and and so what would be some encouragement I know you've been through you know like you said you've gone through steps you've you know you're you're working that out you're you're serving you're you're doing that to figure out you know where exactly God has for you so what would be some encouragement or advice or whatever you have for somebody who was in the situation you were maybe two years ago or before you started serving and, and doing that what would what would be just be something before we before we go Biggest thing, I think, just trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. Because I was called at such a young age that there was this big gap of what do I do? Like, I'm, I know I'm called to go, but I don't know how to get there. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I went through a, a like, phase of kind of giving up on it. Because I was like, there's no way I can get there. Like, it's a, such a long road. And I just didn't see the end of it. But if I could tell myself something... <laughs> You just trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. He's going to put people in your path to get you there. You just have to take those opportunities and use them as he gives them to you. Don't waste them. Don't squander them because that just sets you back further. <laughs> but just trust that he knows what he's doing and that just take advantage of every opportunity you've been given. Yeah, that's, that's great because, um, you know, just because an opportunity isn't in East Africa, mm -hmm doesn't mean that that opportunity isn't preparing you exactly. for East Africa. And I, I think that is that is so important because sometimes if the opportunity doesn't look like what you envision, we write, write it off and say, well, that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not what God's called me to do, when in fact that's the very thing he is building you toward. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's great advice. So thank you so much, Isabella, for being here on the podcast. It's been great. Thank you, guys. Uh, you know, getting to know a little bit more about you and a little bit more about things. And I think that's such a fun part of all of this in this entire series mm -hmm. is that even though we all work together, I think there's something from every single podcast that I learned about every person. I was like, oh, cool. You know, that's great. <laughs> um, because uh, we don't even get opportunities as much to sit down, especially, you know, when in the craziness of the week just we work we do indeed work we, i have coffee here but i'm drinking it as i work not just sitting there you know yeah we just don't get the opportunity to do this you know and so this is this is a great time and thank you everybody for joining us i hope that you have had as much enjoyment in this series as we have and of course like it it, it remains to be said you know we know um, and we, we know that you know that the, all these people who are on this podcast aren't the only people who do things right. in this church. Right. I mean, there are so many people who, without what they do week in and week out, whether they have a title, whether they don't have a title, sure. we could not do this ministry without them. So we don't want to make this seem like these are the only people. If we, if we took every single person from this church that did stuff that had a position— we would be here till Jesus comes because we have such an incredible church that serves. But we just wanted to take this time 
to have people who have a have more of a leadership role to come in and and take part in this series so thank you so much everyone for being here like i said at the beginning if you haven't liked it if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please do so we want to remain in community grow our community here on the revival center podcast and we just thank you and appreciate you so much and so we hope you have a blessed week and we'll see you next time Thank you.